Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Hey family, before we dive in, let me bless you. Let me bless you. We want good things for you. And whatever your current situations are, we want them to be better. (laughs) Don't you? All right, let me bless you before we get going. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully this morning. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need, whatever help from God you need immediately. I bless you to have the resilience and courage and capacity to flourish and prevail over every challenge that you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. Amen. All right, I just had the week I needed. Anybody else have the week that they needed? I just had the week that I needed. I said last week that I was feeling empty. I was crawling into this last week. It was my uh, fasting week there. And one of my prime hopes for fasting week was to spiritually recharge, to, to get some clarity on the, on the next season ahead for the church and also just kind of feel recharged, refocused, refreshed. Uh, and all that good, goodness, and that is what I got this week. So I'm feeling very uh, excited about that, very, very happy about that. When it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to running after Jesus, sometimes we do get spiritually empty and, and feel worn out, maybe some apathy uh, on the inside. One of the main quests, though, of my life has been the pursuit of living fresh, close, feeling alive, in Jesus. I have a podcast about this, Reawakening Podcast. Season three is going to be coming up, but, but I have dedicated so much of my focus and energy on, on wanting to not just live uh, faithful, which I do want to live faithful, but to live fresh and, and, and walking out of uh, stagnant season or empty seasons and asking the question, how do I get filled up again? How, how do I return to freshness? How do I reawaken my heart and my spirit when I'm feeling more distant from Jesus? And basically, to, to sum it all up, we're not talking about all this today, but the main things I do is I, I go back to the basics and I say, how am I doing with the basic Jesus gospel basics? And then I say, how am I doing with the basic Jesus spiritual rhythms you know, like the Jesus times, the Bible reading, the prayer, uh, church regularly, all, all that sort of stuff. And then I'm asking myself, am I pursuing any spiritually boosting moments, such as maybe a conference or an extra worship time or, or, or prayer ministries, time where, where I, could, I could feel uh, boosted above and beyond. So I, I kind of look through those sort of processes as I'm looking to uh, return to freshness uh, each time, uh, twice a year. This time of year and in January or so, I, I take a moment where I, I have uh, tell the truth to myself, which is key, 
and I do some reassessment. What is the state of my heart? What is the state of my soul? Where, what is the state of, of, of freshness and aliveness? And what do I need to shift, adjust, um, address so that I can move into the next season with the life that, that I want to have, with the freshness that I want to have. And so we're not going to talk about all those things today, but I do want to talk about the first layer of assessment as we get ready to go into this autumn. And, and kind of what I look at first, what I ask myself first of all, because I want us all to go into this next season feeling more fresh and more alive. Whether we're feeling that today, a month from now, I want us to be trending strongly in, in good directions. So we're going to talk today about the simple, again, simple, big picture basics of the gospel and where am I at with those. The first question I'm asking myself, I go back to the beginning, do I believe in Jesus or do I still believe in Jesus in my case? Do I still believe in Jesus? And, you know, I, I might assess, you know, do I still believe Jesus is a real person who lived in the Holy Land and, and, and you know, walked this earth? It may seem very basic to you that many in our generation don't even know the, the, the historical, factual reality that Jesus was a real person. But I'm asking myself more is, do I believe that Jesus is real or Am I starting to think of my faith as a more mystical thing only, a theoretical thing? Is it shifting from real to, to something that's maybe less connected to reality? Am I starting to separate reality and Jesus stuff? Or am I keeping them integrated? Do I, do I believe in the reality of Jesus? Or has that become fuzzy? It's a good starting point. Connected to that. And this reassessment, do I believe, do I also, do I believe that I'm forgiven of everything? Do I believe that I'm saved? Am I going into this season certain, certain, certain that I am saved and in good standing before, that, that on that day when I, when, I, when I approach the throne, judgment throne, the books are open, that my name is in that book. Am I certain about that? Am I going confident into this next season, anchored in the gospel and the truth of the Bible? Or am I, am I hesitant? Do I believe that I am forgiven of every, every, everything? If you're just doubting like one thing, you're in for some misery, friend. A am I confident that Jesus' forgiveness is covering everything? I, I know people who are tormented by these accusations that are bombarding them in their heads and their minds, these, these doubts that they are really forgiven. Maybe it's about one particular thing. People tormented that they're, they're, they're being, that the destroyer, the, the, the accuser is just ripping them up, apart on the inside. And they don't believe really deep down that they're forgiven of this thing. You know, it's, uh, God's word makes it so clear that if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just. It's in his justness that he will forgive us our sins. There, there's so much to anchor on in, in what the Bible says. Am I believing that for myself in this season? That I'm, that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven? How do I know if I'm saved? Well, I just keep going back to the Bible. 
And I read things like in Romans chapter 10, and, and it says to me, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, just going back to the basics. I'm not going to complicate this in, in a moment like this, in a moment of assessment. Am I following Jesus as if he is my boss? That, that, he, that he's Lord, is, is Lord of Lord, King, is that Jesus is my King, the master of my life? Am I, am I following Jesus as if he is, he is King? That his desires for my life are more important than my desires for my life. That's what I'm assessing. Whose desires are winning going forward? Is Jesus my king? I, I remember just one, uh, such a powerful moment. I was in Jerusalem. I was there kneeling uh, at the cross. I was there for like 20 minutes on my knees. And I, I had just chosen a posture that I imagined. I've never been before a human king before. But then I would imagine that this, is what I this would be my posture before a human king. And then I'm upscaling it a little bit because I'm dealing with the king of kings. My king and my God. And so I'm just kneeling there before kind of feeling in the presence of Jesus. And my posture is like, Jesus, you are my king. You are my king. And my posture and my heart prayer and my inner reality and my rededication in that moment is, is all about the kingship of Jesus. Jesus being my king. When, when, when the house is empty, sometimes I, I do this in the lounge and I'll just take that posture and just kind of confirm in my, in my body what I'm desiring to have in my spirit and the, that Jesus is King and Lord of my life. Just kind of getting back to these, these basic things that his commands are my delight. Young Brian, it's been a while now. Young Brian used to spend a lot of time worried if he believed enough about Jesus to be saved. If he, young Brian used to worry if, if he had that relationship with Jesus enough to be certain that he was forgiven, certain that he would be saved. And this is what young Brian did a long time ago. He decided he's not going to waste his life worried about that. Instead, he's just going to run after Jesus. That's it. He's not going to doubt about it. He's not going to let doubts bombard his mind. He's just going to run after Jesus, go all in after Jesus. And he's just going to choose to believe what the Bible says about grace. And what it says about forgiveness. And what it, what it says about the confidence that we can have in our salvation. And, and just put aside those doubts. Not let myself be beat up by those. And instead just run after Jesus all in, in faith. Faith is believing. I'm just going to believe that. And you know what happened is I run after Jesus and Jesus continued to prove that he's real and that he's kind, that he's paying attention, that he's powerful, he's with me. Yeah, I, I just chose, young Brian chose to, to give no space, no place for hesitation or doubt when it comes to the gospel. And, and so again, as I'm, as I'm assessing, is, is my heart song still, I have decided to follow Jesus? I have decided to follow Jesus. Is that the posture of my heart going into this next season? 
So again, season by season, that's, that's what I'm assessing. Do I, do I believe in Jesus? Do I still believe in Jesus? Do, is, is the, am I holding on to the gospel? Am I believing the gospel, submitting to myself, uh, submitting myself to Jesus as, as my king, as my, my, my Lord? That's my first assessment. How am I doing? My second assessment, briefly, is have I been baptized in his name? Again, I'm going to be brief about this one, but I want to say baptism is not nothing. Baptism is not nothing. In fact, it's very significant in your spiritual journey. Let me remind you of this quick parenthetical comment that's in, in Luke chapter 7. It's just, a, it's just an aside comment, and yet it, it says something to me about baptism that is really profound. It says, and when all the people, Luke 7, 29 and 30, including the tax collectors, heard this, they acknowledged God's way of righteousness because they had been, let me say that again, because they had been baptized with John's baptism. But since the Pharisees and experts in the law had not been baptized by him, John, they rejected the plan of God for themselves. That parenthetical comment catches me every time I read the book of Luke. The, The simple act of being water baptized resulted in a spiritual openness, a spiritual alertedness, as people are responding to Jesus. And, and all the Bible scholars and all the, and all the religious leaders, they missed that. And it says here, because they had not been baptized by John. Now again, now John's baptism was a lesser baptism. That's according to John himself. I'm not throwing anything, right? John, according to John, like Jesus' baptism is better and that's, it's greater. And all that so you got John who's got this lesser baptism, but to the same God. To the same God, and this being baptized by this lesser baptism wasn't merely a tick box or a good thing or a symbolic thing, but it, it caused a, something to shift. There was a shifting in their spirits so that they could be sensitive to and perceive and respond rightly to Jesus. And the Bible says the distinguishing aspect there is baptism, their their baptism by John. That was what allowed their spirits to respond and be sensitive and, and, yeah, respond rightly to Jesus. But the, the religious leaders, they didn't get baptized, and so they missed what God had for them. They didn't perceive it because of baptism. In fact, it says they rejected God's purposes for their lives. Because they weren't baptized by John. I mean, if, if you believe in Jesus, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? Now, this comes up all the time, so I'll just say it. Somebody be like, well, I was baptized as a baby, and, and, and should I get, get re-baptized as a, as a believer? Now, that is one of the most contentious issues in Scotland, right, by most of you, baptized as a baby. And, and, and so I just know that person's setting me up. They're just setting me up. So what am I going to do? I'm going to just stomp on it right now. No, I just, uh, I'm just going to adjust it really quick. Let me tell you what I think, because when has that ever held me back? And you pray through it. You know, I'm not, tell, I'm not telling you what to do on this one, but like this is, this is what I think. First of all, I believe, and even more fiercely now than even six months ago, 
that being dedicated as a baby or being baptized as a baby is massively significant. I believe that that is much bigger, a much bigger deal than we give it credit for. I believe that being dedicated as a baby or baptized as a baby doesn't have the same meaning as being baptized as, as someone who has come to believe in Jesus, but that's actually not my opinion. That's, 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 there is just different meanings behind different baptisms. There's different imagery, different you know, circumcision or, or death, burial, and resurrection. They're, they're, they're not actually proposing to be the same thing. I keep telling people, uh, people who are being baptized as babies, it's like an engagement ring where their parents are dedicating them to Jesus and they want their kids to follow Jesus and be a part of God's family and all that kind of stuff. But the day is going to come where the kid has to decide themselves. It's like being engaged to God, but there, I believe, is a difference between being engaged and being married. And being baptized after you give your life to Jesus is like the wedding ring thing. It's a different meaning. Same God, wedding ring, engagement ring, hopefully to the same person, you know. But, but you got that, the same thing, and, and I, you know, so I'm just... I myself have decided that I'm going to follow Jesus, and so uh, I'm getting baptized now that I believe in him. And now people ask me, but what about my parents, and, and is that insulting to the past? I honestly believe that the highest way to honor our parents and, and their, their hope for us to run after Jesus and dedicate us to Jesus as babies is to run after Jesus with all of our hearts, even if some of our implementation is, is different than they imagined or thought or hoped but to be all in and running after Jesus. I believe that people who give their lives to Jesus and then get baptized as adults, even if they were dedicated or baptized as babies, um, they're, they're actually honoring, ultimately, their parents' hope for their lives. That, this, that my kid has taken it up on themselves and are running after Jesus. Even if they don't have the same theology, at least the heart of it, that, that my kid's running after Jesus. That's what I wanted for them. That's my view. <laughs> That's what I think... Uh, you can send your feedback to Laura. Anyways, well, what I do know, though, is that baptism should happen right away. If you've come to believe in Jesus, it should happen right away. In the early church, you've got 3,000 people giving their lives to Jesus, and then on the same day, 3,000 people being baptized. And it's not just a symbolic act. It's not a symbolic act. It is spiritually significant and it's supposed to be the first obedient step of following Jesus. I, I was reading along this week in, during my fasting week, just in the New Testament, just reading a lot, a lot of extra stuff. And, and I read in 1 Peter this, and it just kind of caught me. 1 Peter 3, 21, it says, Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Now, uh, corresponds to this meaning... Um, he was talking about the flood and the ark and kind of Noah's flood sort of scenario. So baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I, and I read that, and I just, I just feel like in my upbringing, we, we underestimated this one, the place of baptism. And, I, and so I just want to keep putting it out there. Let's not underestimate this. Let's, let's, let's not delay this. This is a big deal. Going into this next season, have, have, have you been baptized? If you haven't, talk to your, talk to your leads, uh, whether it's Alan out in Royston or, or uh, Laura here. 
as we work through this, uh, this, these assessment points, I'm actually getting them from the Gospels and from the early, books of Act, the early, the early book of Acts there. Uh, they kind of mirror each other in this spiritual assessment sort of way. In, in the Gospels, you have uh, Jesus and he's, and he's introduced himself and John's proclaimed him as the Lamb of God who, who takes away the sins of the world and then he gets baptized. Jesus gets baptized. Not because he needed to repent, because it, but just because it was right. In fact, we read this in Matthew chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And yet you come to me. Jesus answered him, allow it for now. Because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. So in the Gospels, you have Jesus being baptized, and then what happens? What's the next thing that happens? He's tempted. He's tempted. And that brings us to the next assessment question. After baptism, number three, how am I doing at saying no to temptation, choosing to walk in holiness? As I'm kind of going into this autumn, where am I doing? How am I doing when it comes to Saying no to temptations, choosing to walk in holiness. Now, I know you know this, but, but a life of saying yes to temptations and, and living with secret or not so secret sin, that's going to almost guarantee that you're not living in a fresh connection with Jesus. Again, in my fasting week this week, I came across verses like this in 1 Thessalonians 4. God has not called us to impurity but to live in holiness. Or also, 1 Peter 1, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. In all your conduct. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. I hope I don't need to make a case for this one. This isn't, I'm not actually preaching to, to, to persuade you towards holiness. This is an assessment moment. How am I doing? I have been called by holy God to follow Jesus who is holy and filled with the Holy Spirit to be a part of the holy family of God. So, so how am I how am I doing at saying no to temptations going into this season? Hmm. Don't underestimate how huge the pursuit, uh, practical pursuit of holiness is and how significant it is, it is to battle against temptation. To be resolute in saying, no, I am not going to walk that way. I'm not going to live that way. Or to just say, I now stop these behaviors and practices because I'm not wanting to just be a better person. I want to walk in holiness. I want to walk in, in holiness. As we go into this new season, I'm asking myself, we're asking ourselves, are we resolved to imitate Jesus in saying no to temptation and compromise? And as we go into the season, recommitting 
to live much more godly and, and holy life and, and, and move forward. If you're stuck in something, you go for prayer. If you're stuck in something, get a buddy. If you're stuck in something, maybe go through a season of, of prayer and fasting and, and, and breakthrough. If you're stuck in something, go for extended prayer ministry. If you're, if you're stuck in something, start with that basic, basic commitment. Today, Jesus, I rededicate myself to walking in holiness in this area. And I know that, especially if you've been uh, experienced a lot of defeat in areas of sin and temptation, or even now the thought of it just is too strong in your being, uh, sometimes the, the statement is, Jesus, this is going to be my pursuit. I am going to run after holiness in this area, and if I stumble, maybe you have low faith in yourself or in your ability to walk forward blamelessly from here on out, but if I stumble, this is still my pursuit, and I'm running this way as long as it takes until I get there. Help me, help me, help me. And just, I want to rededicate my life to living a holy life in Christ Jesus. That's just, these are the assessment things that we're asking ourselves. Do I, do I believe in Jesus still? Have I been baptized? How am I doing it? Saying no to temptation and choosing to walk in holiness. And then the fourth assessment question is, how am I doing at courageously stepping out in Jesus' ministry? Courageously stepping out. Again, this is just following the flow of Jesus' life. He, he, he's baptized. He's announced. He's baptized. He goes through temptation, and then he returns in powerful ministry. It says this in Luke 4. After the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news, spread, news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. So he says no to temptation, and then his ministry is full of the power of the Spirit. If you walk in step with the Spirit in your moments of temptation... You get the joy of walking in step with the Spirit in the moment of Jesus' ministry and the opportunities in your life. And, and what do I mean by Jesus' ministry? I mean, like, like everything. <laughs> I, I mean, this could be taking the opportunity that's right in front of you to tell someone about Jesus in that moment. Or, or it could be um, caring for somebody well who, who is hurting or grieving or feeling lost, loving them well in the name of Jesus. Or maybe it's Listening to, to someone while, while pointing them to Jesus and giving them holy guidance. Jesus' ministry is anytime we are, we're trying to help people get to know Jesus or help people be helped by Jesus or love people with the love of Jesus. It's like, it's like what I've been saying, when, just having this out there. I will pray for anybody, for anything, at any time. Because I want to see people receive whatever guidance from God they need, whatever help from God they need. I want to see people experience whatever healing they need, whatever freedom they need, whatever rescue they need, whatever breakthrough they need, whatever peace they, they need. That, that's the ministry of Jesus. It's, it's, not, it's not just something I do hidden, but I, I do this with people. I talk to them about Jesus. I pray for them where they hear me praying for them. The early church follows the same pattern here. In, in Acts chapter 2, the gospel is preached. And they believe it. And then they're baptized. 
And then in chapter 3 and chapter 4, there is the temptation to stop talking about Jesus. There's some persecution there. There's some threat there. And the church has to grapple with this pressure from the religious leaders to stay quiet about Jesus or to keep being bold. And they decide to resist that temptation and to keep stepping forward at the Jesus ministry. And they pray in, in Acts chapter 4 this as part of their prayer. And it says, now, Lord, consider their threats. They are, they are being threatened. And grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your Holy Spirit, Jesus, Holy Servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaking, shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. You know, they, they stood strong. They stood strong in their moment of temptation and fear to just be more quiet about Jesus. Uh, but as we see in the book of Acts, the ministry of, of Jesus. Because they step forward in boldness in that next season, instead of holding back, instead of giving in, when they step forward in boldness, not only was that room shaken, but the whole empire gets shaken as the gospel goes out. And it goes city by city by city, which you read throughout the rest of the book of Acts. As people go out with courage and boldness, and it says here, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, this, this final basic assessment thing for, for going to the next season is how am I doing at courageously courageously, stepping out in Jesus' ministry. How am I doing that? Courageously praying for people, at, at talking about Jesus, at helping people, at loving people. That's it. That's it. That's where I like to start, to, to self-reassess each of these. So my challenge for you is we get to, to, to be assessing these things. Number one, it's basically the gospel. Do I believe in Jesus? Am I believing that, that I'm, that I'm forgiven, that I'm saved? Do I still believe in Jesus going into this season? Do I believe he's with me and help me? Secondly, have, have I been baptized? Thirdly, how am I doing at saying no to temptations and choosing to walk in holiness? Or, or what shifts do I need to make there? And then how am I doing at courageously stepping out in Jesus' ministry? Now, friends, you have to tell yourself the truth when you're doing these assessments. Otherwise, they don't work. You're like, oh yeah, I'm great at the whole Jesus thing. I can think of no examples in the last six months, but I'm great. I'm great at this. No, no, this is where you just have those very honest conversations. You're like, I see no evidences of it. I don't even see any opportunities for it. Okay, just ask Jesus for opportunities. There's a lot of people he wants, he, he, he would love to send you to, to pray for them and to talk about Jesus with. But, but yeah, tell yourself the truth and, and work through that assessment and just be really committed. Jesus, in this season, I'm going to believe in you. In this season, I'm going to be baptized if I haven't been. I, I'm going I'm to say no to temptations and these temptations that have been bombarding me and, ups, and, and, and upending me. I'm going to choose to walk in holy. Jesus, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to courageously enter this season with eyes open for all kinds of ministry for this, for this, this next season. One last comment. Sometimes we are not just feeling empty, but we've, we've got like maybe a season of pain or a season of, of intense grief or, or hurting where you, you're, you listen to this message and you're like, yeah, 
like, I am not there. I, I have so much pain going on, I can't even contemplate courageously stepping out in ministry and in boldness because, because I, I am just broken right now on the inside. Grace, uh, peace, peace to you. I just want to say the, the basics, though, are still true. And the, the main thing that I want you to remind you, if you're in that kind of a place right now in your assessment, is when life's most hard and we're hurting the most, that's, that's when we need to keep things the most simple. And many people in their pain and hurting seasons step away from Jesus. And maybe they stop prioritizing holiness because, you know, they're hurting and they're just, they just want to go off on that path. I say do the opposite. If you're in a season of pain, that's when you need Jesus. That's when it's most helpful. I mean, it's always helpful, but that's when it's so crucial to be close to Jesus. And to not chuck holiness, but instead run after Jesus. Our path is simple, even in our pain. Do I believe in Jesus? Will I walk in his way? And trust him to see me through this. Let me, let me pray for us uh, as a church. I, I know that we're all coming from different moments, different summers, going into this season with, with, our, with, with whatever's coming on. But Jesus, I ask for a great reawakening of all of our hearts and lives as we go into this season. From wherever we are to more fresh to feeling more alive, to feeling more connected with you. Spirit of living God, put on our hearts and minds the, the, the path that you have for, for us as individuals. What is, what is the things that, we get, that you want us to address so that we can um, step forward into this next season close, 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 feeling close, walking closely with you? Maybe in this moment, some of you just kind of need to rededicate yourself to, to, to Jesus or believe again the gospel. Maybe just in this moment, you're like, Jesus, okay, I choose now to believe that I'm forgiven. I trust your word. Or Jesus, I choose now holiness again. To walk in holiness, especially in that area that keeps tripping me up. And then maybe, Jesus, I ask for opportunities and for boldness. To talk about you, to pray for people, and to see breakthrough come in Jesus' name. Jesus, you are our king. We follow you. Lead us clearly. In Jesus' name. Amen.